1: What up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I am your host, Charles T. Hamilton. Got co-host Wes Goldberg joining us in just a minute from Portland. The Dubs lose a tough one in Portland, but in a season that is dedicated to development and maybe losing some games, this is a loss that you can live with. This was an encouraging loss, and there might even be some uh, moral victories, as much as I hate that term. But the Warriors played well enough tonight to potentially win and still ended up losing. I also want to talk about the center position and how it has progressed and some interesting rotational moves from Steve Kerr in last night's game against the Trailblazers. That's all coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: What up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On. Warriors. It's your boy, Charles T. Hamilton. Wes Goldberg joining us from Portland in just a minute. But again, the Dubs lose a tough one to the Portland Trailblazers in Portland. But it, again, was an encouraging loss. They played well. And I know you guys are out there. It doesn't matter wins and losses. doesn't matter. No excuses. And there are no excuses. And the trouble is recalibrating your expectations for a season like this. Where a loss against Portland where you play well is a good sign. Would I rather them won? Yeah, definitely. But the fact is, they played well. And a team like this can play well against a good team like Portland that has two, one superstar and another star and still lose. And that's what happened. Steve Kerr had some interesting rotational moves tonight that I want to talk about. I want to talk about the game. And I want to talk about the center position that's really coming together uh, as of late. And we're going to do all that in just one minute. But first, if you are a Spotify listener, you Spotify Wrapped. To show us your top Locked On podcast of the year, take a screenshot and tag us at Locked On Live, or at CTH four one five my Twitter account, or at WC Goldberg Wes's Twitter account, and we will share and retweet. Is
0: there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy golden goodness.
1: ba da ba ba Support for this podcast comes from Microsoft Surface. Introducing Microsoft Surface Laptop Go. Available in three colors, its thin light design, built-in HD camera, and touchscreen turns any space into your workspace. More at surface.com slash laptop go. Wes, you of course were at this game in Portland, which I, you know, as much as I hate moral victories and stuff like that, you, you just have to recalibrate in a season like this and have to look at it as, as an encouraging loss and somewhat of a moral victory going into uh, this next game against New Orleans. I, you know, that's that's the best way to look at A, a hard-fought loss like this, I guess. That's literally what I
0: wrote in my recap was, you know, this is a season with way more moral victories than actual victories. And I, this one felt like one of the moralist moral victories that they've had <laughs> in the way that, like, they kind of finally – it seemed like something clicked tonight. I know they lost. Big deal. Whatever. We're just not even talk about it. They, something clicked tonight. Uh, the ball movement was there. They they had a, they had tied their season low for turnovers in the game. They they exceeded their season high for three-pointers made. They assisted on nearly half of their made field goals. The ball movement was crisp. Everything looked like it sort of looked like, like this weird Warriors light version of what this team was last season. And they felt that. I, I you know, Steve Kerr was was very positive after the game obviously. Talking about how he liked the execution, he liked the ball movement, he liked the effort and everything like that. And that's the kind of thing that they needed to do. And it, you know, at the end of the game, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum combined for 61 points. Yeah. Those are elite guys. Those are elite guards, all-star caliber players. Damian Lillard is an MVP caliber player. The Warriors not anything close to that. So I think that's sort of what did them in at the end. But if you lay this groundwork now for when Steph and Clay get back and they do have that talent, well, then you've really got something at that point.
1: Exactly. I, You know, you mentioned something clicked. It, it was – we saw some of that two-man game between – uh Draymond and D'Angelo Russell that we see between Draymond and Steph where just quick dribble handoff, get a little space, knock down a three. We saw some of the two-man game between uh, D'Angelo Russell and Willie Cauley-Stein, who might have had his best game uh, of the year. There was just something different about the the feel and the vibe of tonight's game. And, you know, we it it, it felt – I mean, you said it already. Like, something clicked. Like, they're starting to understand the – what Steve Kerr wants, you know, as far as they, what they do offensively and defensively. Now it did help that they were playing Portland and, you know, they're not a great defensive team. We're able to get on the boards and stuff like that, but who cares? You know, they're still a playoff caliber team and warriors being one of the worst teams in the league. You'll take, you'll take it whenever you can get it. Uh, There was some inefficiency at the end. D'Angelo Russell did have a great first half, second half, not so great, but, a guy like Glenn Robinson going five of seven from three, I mean, that is huge. Alec Burks, his career tied his career high in threes. I think he was four of nine. Yeah, so that sorry. was big. It was just a a a vibe. I mean, something something yeah. felt different. And yeah, they let it go towards the end. And part of that is the fact that they don't have the closers, you know, quote unquote, of Steph and Clay. You want D'Angelo to be able to do that, but he wasn't able to tonight. Um, but it was still just a Look, it wasn't the Kings game. I'll tell you that. I feel a lot better about this loss than I do about the Kings loss. That's for damn sure.
0: Well, they commit turn- 20 turnovers against Sacramento and they just do eight, you know, less than half of what they did in this night. So obviously that was a point that Steve mm-hmm. Kerr made between those two games. Right. Yeah. Um, you talk about them figuring it out too. I mean, the D'Angelo Russell really fine. Uh, partnership seems to be really taking off. they have I was looking it up after the game. They've, Willie Cauley-Stein has been assisted by D'Angelo Russell on 21 of his made field goals, which leads all other Warriors. 5 of those have come in the last 3 games. So it doesn't sound like a lot, but when you can, if you think about it from like a percentage standpoint, that's quite a bit. So it does feel like that two-man game is starting to ramp up into what we kind of expected it to be. I mean, we kept talking about Willie Cauley-Stein and D'Angelo Russell in the preseason as something that could be sort of a foundational part of the offense, and it really wasn't that for quite a long time. I think injuries had a lot to play into that, but lately it seems to be working. Uh, Daniel Russell found him on one like long kick ahead from behind half-court, yeah. and they had like this nice little drop pass to him on the move, and so they're starting to figure out each other's the, the way each other move, the, 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 the pace that they both play at, and things like that. And I think that could be a big part of what they're doing moving forward. So you have that two-man game, in addition to just the swing-swing offense that Steve Kerr likes, kind of starting to take shape here, and again, it's not about winning games, but it's just sort of about seeing something that resembles what the Warriors want to be at some point. And they're starting to get there, maybe.
1: Yes, yeah. <laughs> Let's hedge our bets here. Uh, especially <laughs> because we, there was a couple years ago where it felt like, you know, we saw the progress that, that Steve Kerr kind of wanted and then they took a step back. But without players, you know, they, they left the game healthy as far as we can tell. So without there being player movement within the next couple games, they can continue to build on this hopefully. Uh the you know, player movement that would disrupt whatever progress they've they've been able to make. One of the problems tonight was, you know, they were just so inefficient inside the arc. They shot forty two percent from three. Uh play you know, we're were shooting really well from uh from three and they shot thirty eight percent from two. Uh Alec Burks went six of twenty but was four of nine from three. D'Angelo Russell nine of twenty three but five of twelve from three. It's it's just too bad. It's just one of those nights where you get a good night from three and you end up wasting it by by not shooting well enough from two. But even even with that being said, again, good night for them. I thought defensively they were solid on uh Damian Lillard until the end and, you know, that's understandable. He's gonna go off. He's a he's a superstar. Well
0: the other thing that they, they got better defensively at the game as the game went on. In the first quarter the the Trailblazers shot sixty percent overall. By the end of the game they had shot like forty two percent or something near that by the end of the game. So that dramatically dropped off. And I, it, it feels like this team is starting to like, like Steve Kerr is always going to give them like halftime adjustments, right? Like that's always going to happen, but it sounds like they're, they're, they're finally like hearing the halftime adjustments and then being able to download them and process them and then execute them on the floor. It, that is another kind of part of the progress. I mean, this is, that's again, kind of a sign of the old warriors, right? Is, you know, it, it could get a little sloppy and clunky in the first quarter when they don't really care, when they, you know, when they were a super team. Yeah. But the defense gained strength as the game went on, and it kind of felt like that tonight. I mean, C.J. McCollum scored 10 points in the fourth quarter. That's unfortunate. But when you only have, like, one plus positive perimeter defender, somebody's going to shake loose, and it just happened to be C.J. McCollum. Like, at least it wasn't Damian Lillard. And you yeah. know that the message to this team was, don't let Damian get hot. And they didn't. And CJ did. And that's just going to happen when you're playing with that roster. But like, had Clay Thompson also been out there, well, all of a sudden you've got another plus defender to put on Clay Thompson, and they probably win this game easily. Um, and so that's sort of what you got to look at is like the bigger picture of, all right, are the fundamentals in place? Is the depth in place now? When Steph and Clay come back, they'll have the closer with Steph. They'll have the two-way player with Clay. All of a sudden, like all of these close losses that we keep talking about that end up that result in moral victories will like, actually be real victories.
1: No, definitely. Uh, coming back from injury tonight, Eric Paschal, he was fine, went uh, five of 10 from the field, 11 points, four rebounds, two assists, one steal. So good to get him back into the fold. He did come off the bench, uh, went with the starting lineup that we pre- kind of predicted of D'Angelo Russell,
0: yeah.
1: uh, Glenn Robinson, D. Lee uh Draymond and Willie Cauley-Stein and that you know look it has its deficiencies but that's a pretty good sized lineup you know one through five and uh they were able to defend pretty well tonight that i wonder if that's something he'll continue to go with even as pascal continues to uh get healthier and uh you know back to back to what he was so it'll be interesting to see well, how pascal, he handles the
0: lineups coming up pascal was a big part of that second quarter run that they had i think him and D'Angelo combined for like uh I don't know, 18 points or something in the mm-hmm. second quarter, something to that effect. But uh, to the lineups, it was interesting what Steve Kerr was doing. He basically had only one minus defender on the floor at all times during the game, for the most part. Um, whether It was it was usually either D'Angelo Russell or Alec Burks. He kind of staggered those two uh, minutes-wise, again, for the most part. There was, there was times where there was, they were on the court together. Jordan Poole was out there. And he had two negative defenders. But... Uh, That, I think, was his strategy. So you look at the starting lineup that you just talked about, just one minus defender, D'Angelo Russell, who's actually been not as bad as you'd think defensively Mm -hmm. this season. Uh, But overall, I think that was his strategy. I think it's a good one going forward.
1: Definitely. Uh, The center position has played pretty well so far. I feel like they're kind of hitting a a sweet spot, and they've all kind of understood their roles uh, recently. I do want to talk about that, and actually one center who even played tonight, which was a little interesting, I guess is the best way to put it, and we're going to do that uh, coming up in just a minute. Support for this podcast comes from State Farm, here with good news and even better news. The good news? State Farm has new lower car insurance rates. The even better news? That means you can now get the service and convenience of a local State Farm agent at surprisingly great rates. State Farm can help you save more cash and get the good neighbor service you deserve. Just talk to your local State Farm agent or visit statefarm.com to find out how much you can save on your car insurance. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Wes, so there have been injuries all year, and Kevon Looney was one of them. You know, missed most of training camp. He had the what, neuropathic hip, whatever it is. <laughs> I know you have the correct term Elder. for it. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, you know, I know my stuff. Uh, but he came back a couple games ago. But oddly enough, tonight was a uh, DNP coach's decision. And I just did. Did Steve Kerr shed any light on that after the game as to why uh, Kavon Looney get any, didn't get any run tonight?
0: Yeah, I mean, this uh, he basically said he was going to try to work them in for a few minutes. But given that they were actually in the game. I'm paraphrasing here, like given that they were actually in the game, he decided not to put him in the game uh but this, he's really, really struggled to get in playing shape It's not just the neuropathic condition that like sat him out for twenty games it's the he was dealing with it he he got, he had that chest injury in the n b a finals yeah. he- he's basically played for like he basically played eleven minutes of basketball of n b a basketball in like a six month span. It's really, really hard to get back to nba type conditioning when you're barely playing when you're just dealing with injury after injury and then like the last injury you're dealing with is something as complicated and weird as a neuropathic condition where like we can't even say the thing the right way so (laughs) it's that complicated so it's 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 understandable for him to be in the situation he is you add that to the fact that they're kind of asking him to play power forward sometimes Sure. which is not his position, and I sure, yeah. don't think that's where he should be playing in the first place, but they're, they're having him play there. And then having to get used to, oh, wait, Steph and Clay and Kevin Durant and Andre Vidal aren't out on the floor with me? That's weird. So like, you're just adding all these layers and adjustments that he's got to make, and no wonder he doesn't look good. I mean, he's averaging like two points a game, two rebounds per game. He's shooting 30% overall. I mean, he's been legitimately awful. But it's understandable. And so I think if you're Steve Curry, you just say, you know what? We've got a chance to win a game. It's a rare chance to win a game. I can't afford to put him out there. And uh, I think we're going to see this going forward. He's going to be limiting his minutes. He's probably going to be running on hard in scrimmages, trying to amp up his conditioning behind the scenes so that eventually he could be a positive contributor on the court.
1: Yeah. And no, it, it makes perfect sense. And I actually kind of agree with it for a guy who's had the injuries that he's had. Uh, It was just weird because it usually gets kind of announced beforehand or mentioned beforehand that, you know, he he might not play tonight or, you know, might only get a few minutes. So it was just odd to see him uh, active, but not playing. But trust me, I I think that's the way to go, especially like I've said, and going to continue to say this entire year in a season like this, take advantage of the time you have to make sure he's healthy and good to go when the games actually matter. So I I'm all well, for that, it. it. Just was you yeah. Know, kind that's the,
0: of other, that's the other part of it is that it's it's similar to the Draymond Green situation where they're going to maintain they're going to monitor his minutes and his availability generally, and it's it's the same thing with Kavon Looney. They just signed him to a three-year, fifteen million dollar contract, so they're not going to wear this guy out for no good reason. They know what Kavan is when he's healthy. They're happy with who Kavan is when he's healthy. So you just go get him healthy.
1: That's yeah. That's
0: exactly. the plan. Go get him healthy, and then see what the guys like Marquise Chris and Amari Spelman can do.
1: One more uh, rotational thing, and I doubt Steve Kerr mentioned it, but starting the fourth quarter in a close game, I see Jordan Poole on the floor, and I'm just yeah. kind of like, what's going on? He wasn't terrible or anything in those minutes. He didn't hurt them, but it was just kind of odd to see in that moment. I I doubt he talked about it, but, uh, you know, shot in the dark. Did he mention as to why he was in there late in the game?
0: No, but you know who would have been great in that situation? Kai Bowman,
1: right? <laughs> yeah. It's like this is
0: this is the reason – that this team wants Kai Bowman off of this yeah. two way contract. Like they would if you could if you could have Kai Bowman in there instead of Jordan Poole, I mean, I don't know if they win the game because of that, but it's better. definitely a better look. Like you I, I was actually shocked to see Jordan Poole in there. It was at the end of the third quarter and the start of the fourth quarter. I actually didn't think that we'd see Jordan Poole in the second half. I, I thought that Steve Kerr had found uh the guys that were that were quote unquote on in that game and Jordan Poole definitely was not one of them. And to see him out there in the second half was a little jarring and a little questionable. But I guess when you're – when you don't have Kai Bowman and you've got to sort of judge the minutes that you got, I don't know. I don't know if Steve Kerr would have went back and changed anything again. I don't know if it actually would change the outcome of the game. But it just it, – it, to me, it goes to show how important Kai Bowman is to this team yeah. and why they want to get him off this two-way.
1: Well, it was just odd because, you know, Jordan Poole's been getting DNPs without Kai Bowman there anyway. So it was just you – know, right. you know, Steve, Steve Kerr does – certain things uh you know for the mental aspect of you know put you in in a tight game kind of deal and i'm sure that was probably part of it but still it was just odd to see after you know what we thought was the plan of dnps to santa cruz and then he's in in a close game but again i don't think he hurt them that bad in in those minutes it was just uh jarring <laughs> but you mentioned uh marquis chris and amari spellman in some of the centers uh, playing in place of Kwan Looney, seeing what they got, I think they're really hitting a, a good stride with Willie Cauley Stein coming into his own. I, I we we talked about the fact that D'Angelo Russell returning would probably be help Willie Cauley Stein the most, and we've seen him put together a couple of solid games. But the one I want to talk about, man, is Marquise Chris because it's you know great story, blah blah blah, uh, non guaranteed made the team, but I don't remember him doing the things that he's doing with the Warriors in Cleveland or Phoenix or Houston or whatever other teams he played for in his short career. Like, he has been a major surprise to me.
0: Yeah, he didn't do those things in those right. other places. I mean, um, D'Angelo Russell today called him a late bloomer, basically just saying, like, he kind of has figured things out. And I don't know that it's just because he's finally with, the, like, a, a stable organization. And we're talking about Phoenix and Cleveland, right? Yeah. Like, that's where... Like, that's tough, man. Like, it's tough to start your career in those places. And then you get to go to a place like Golden State, professional, organization, championship culture, pedigree, and that helps. So yeah. I think that, that has helped him. I think just kind of going through a couple different teams, a couple different experiences has helped him. He's been, he's been phenomenal for them, and he looks like an actual piece for them.
1: Yeah, as in, like, a 2021 piece, you know, someone they would want to keep around. Um, I, I honestly, I thought he was going to be nice in Houston. I thought he'd be a solid backup to Capella, yeah. and that just did not work out. And the flyer they took on him has paid off, which is awesome because also seeing a top ten guy with you know visible talent like it's there, it, it you can see it. It's like you might as well see what the guy's got, and uh, it looks like it's going to pay off. Uh, Willie Cauley Stein, as I mentioned, playing better. Mari Spellman obviously has played well as well. One of the things that I'm really liking about these young guys is just the way they rebound, you know, none of them are dominant, but when you look at the offensive rebounding rate for Spellman and for Kevon Looney, when he returns, you put them on the floor with guys like Clay and Steph, when those extra possessions are going to matter that much more, or they'll be able to cash in on those extra possessions that much easier. Like that's huge. And that could be a major weapon moving forward. If, Again, come on when you can get healthy and you know, get on the floor.
0: Yeah, it's funny too, like their offensive rebounding numbers, like the raw numbers, will probably go down when yeah. Steph and Clay come back because yeah, right. they're gonna be making so many more shots. But you're right. Like you have those guys creating extra possessions with Clay and Steph on the court. So they're creating extra possessions. They're getting offensive rebound and then they're kicking out not to Glenn Robinson. They're not mm-hmm. kicking out to Jordan Poole. They're gonna be kicking out to Steph and Clay, are you kidding me? It's going to be incredibly impactful. And their offensive rebounding percentage is crazy. I think they're top ten in the league. I think they're like six or something. Don't quote me on that. But Mm -hmm. they're very, very high up in the league. And the Warriors this season are not very high up in the league in any sort of ranking, in any sort of of statistical category. But offensive rebounding, they're killing it. And probably, again, it's because they missed so many shots. But
1: um, from just a raw percentage, uh, I think
0: it's going to be a boon for them next season.
1: Hey, don't forget free throw percentage, okay? They're top one of the top teams yes. in free throw percentage, which actually came to bite them in the ass tonight. They did not shoot very well from the line, which also hurt them uh, against Portland. But you know what? We'll, it's fine. We'll live with it. We'll live with the loss to a, a team like Portland in that fashion. Uh, Wes, I mean, anything you want to plug or spit here before we uh, sign off? No,
0: I think we've pretty much covered all of it.
1: (laughs) Check out Wes's work, mercurynews.com, or uh, on his Twitter page, W C Goldberg. I am at CTH415. We'll be back with you tomorrow with another episode of Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day.
0: You are Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on the Golden State Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team,